This is U.S. Army. Closer look. I think the job is pretty awesome. Innovating. Insight. Soldiers. Soldiers. Mission. Closer look. Closer look. Those who were there. Uh, and what we need to make sure is we have the most capable army to deliver specific effects on a battlefield relative to U.S. national security interests. Those experiences, those strategies. Closer look. Closer look. Army Media. Hello, and thank you for joining us. I'm Elia Valdez. One of our guests today is... My name is Colonel Brett G. Sylvia. I am the commander for 2nd Brigade Combat Team, 101st Airborne Division, Air Assault. Our own Jock Bannerman had a chance to speak with Colonel Sylvia and other senior leaders from the brigade about their recent deployment to Iraq in support of OIR. That's correct, Operation Inherent Resolve. As you know, there are two brigade combat teams that deploy in Afghanistan. Uh, there's one brigade combat team that deploys to Iraq under Inherent Resolve, and we were that brigade combat team. What drives you? If you had to list one thing that would have been the most inspirational, personally satisfying, what would you say it was during your time in the region? I was very fortunate on this, uh, on this deployment to be able to spend Christmas Day in a church that had been recently refurbished by the commander of the federal police so that the civilians of the town of Karakush uh, and, a, and a neighboring town of, of Bartella, uh, they were able to attend Christmas Mass in a, Christ, in a Christian church, something they had not done in over two years. And not only did they refurbish it so that the local people could go and, and uh, attend the service, but they attended it themselves. And these are you know, devout Muslim men who came and celebrated Christmas Mass, stood alongside me, stood alongside some of my soldiers, stood alongside the people of that, of that village. And in terms of things that are inspirational, uh, that to me uh, was such a powerful symbol of what could be in this region. How you have the Iraqi security forces that it sometimes are competitive with one another, standing side by side, attending this service, having people of different backgrounds, of different ethnicity, uh, ethnicities, different religions, who were worshiping right next to one another. And then our partnership with them, right there, all visible uh, that one day uh, on Christmas Day. And if I were to say what was my best day ever in Iraq, I'd have to say that that was it. Uh, can you describe for me what that timeline has been like getting to the 2016 deployment? So my own experiences in Iraq uh, started in 2003 uh, after the initial invasion. So there in 2003, 2004 to see really the beginning. Uh, I went again during the surge in uh, 2006, 2007, uh, and then uh, you know, uh, spent uh, some time in Afghanistan in the interim and then, uh, and then came back here for this with Operation Inherent Resolve in 2016 to 2017. And Operation Inherent Resolve carried with it a, a very real mandate. Can you kind of tell us what that was about? What was the rationale for the one and only maneuver brigade to be deployed? So we were there in an advise and assist role. The mission in, for Operation Inherent Resolve was the military defeat of, of ISIS. And our portion of it was the military defeat of ISIS in Iraq. 
And as an advise and assist brigade, we were there to assist the Iraqis. We were there to compel them uh, to successfully expel uh, ISIS from their country. And what kinds of uh, training and what kinds of processes did you and your unit put in place to uh, facilitate that? We characterized our mission by uh, three uh, primary lines of effort. Uh, we advised, we assisted, and we protected. Advising was about what it sounds like, us standing next to an Iraqi counterpart, a military commander. My counterpart was a three-star general. Uh, others, uh, battalion commanders, company commanders, their counterparts were two and one-star generals. And they had their counterparts in order to be able to advise them on the construct of operations and the execution of operations. And we had an advisory structure that, that facilitated that. The second mission was to assist. Assisting were those things that we did with our own hands. So flying uh, uh, UAVs in support for information collection. We uh, had precision munitions that we would fire in support of their maneuver. Uh, and some other enablers that are uniquely US. And so that was how we assisted them in the military defeat. And then the third mission was protect. And in order to be able to put advisors or those who are assisting on the battlefield at the right time and place of our choosing to facilitate their success required a whole superstructure of soldiers that were reaction forces, security forces, logisticians, communicators, uh, things that helped to put those other personnel in the right place at the right time. Big challenges. Certainly. And what we witnessed during our time there in 2016, 2017, uh, we believe was a true transformation of what occurred on the battlefield, a transformation of our authorities, a transformation of our capabilities during that time. When we showed up, it was a very static environment where there was just uh, advising from some established fobs, doing some limited training, and, uh, and that changed you know, pretty radically over the course of our nine months there. What would you say was the biggest challenge prior to deploying the unit in your train up and what, what were the things that you had to take into account in order to prepare to even make the deployment? Going over there on an advise and assist mission or what some people would characterize as a security force assistance mission meant that we couldn't take everyone. I'm a brigade commander, I'm responsible for a 4200 soldier uh, infantry brigade combat team. But I was only taken over with me right around 1,300 of those soldiers. And over the course of that deployment, we did end up bringing more, and, and the total task force strength uh, once we were deployed was you know, right around 2,500. But still, uh, even if all of those had come from our brigade, it still would not have represented a majority. And so the biggest challenge that we had leading into the deployment was really figuring out how are we going to execute the mission that we needed to execute in Iraq while still having a formation at Fort Campbell, Kentucky that we needed to build and sustain readiness. How would you rate the success of uh, the deployment? I believe that we were extremely successful. And, and really, you, you can look no further than just how much terrain was seized by the Iraqi security forces over the time that we were there. They were in somewhat of a static operation with ISIS when we arrived making some limited gains in, in some areas. But over the course of the time that we were there, 
they not only took back an area about the size of West Virginia, uh, liberating the majority of the Euphrates River Valley, the majority of the Tigris River Valley, and all of eastern Mosul. Uh, and in doing so, uh, they liberated uh, over two million uh, Iraqis who were, had been you know, subjugated under the rule of, of ISIS during that time. Of all the uh, con ops that I think that we have seen develop over the last four to five years in that particular region, multi-domain battle has sort of risen to the top. Do you think this is perhaps a standard setter for that particular con op and how to uh, address it in future? I would say that it is, a, uh, it is certainly a good test case uh, of, of how that is shaping up. Uh, some of the challenges that we saw out there on the battlefield was uh, some, we used to have air supremacy. We no longer have that dealing with enemy UASs uh, as we were uh, approaching Mosul. And as we, as we look at the internet, you know, that, that cyberspace domain, uh, we, we don't have supremacy clearly in that, in that realm. Uh, and even, you know, ISIS was able to, to be very aggressive on social media uh, and to do things to, uh, to, to either recruit or uh, to persuade populations in, in one direction or another. Uh, so understanding those things, uh, we then brought to bear our own uh, capabilities and, and truly met them in these domains uh, in order to be able to, you know, to counter their offensive operations. Sir, you have anything you want to add? The only other thing that I do want to add was uh, the other aspect of something that was very inspirational for me was the commitment of our soldiers. And our soldiers during this deployment lived in conditions of austerity that were not seen since the initial invasion in 2003. And we asked that of them, uh, to be able to do that, to advise their partners, not even to fight for themselves, just to be able to be there to advise their Iraqi counterparts so that they can be successful. And the level of commitment that I saw from our soldiers to be willing to endure those hardships, uh, to make their counterparts successful, uh, was something over the course of the entire deployment that was also very similarly inspirational to me. Closer look. Closer look. All right, my name is Lieutenant Colonel Ryan Wiley, and I'm the commander of the 1st Battalion, 26th Infantry Regiment, 2nd Brigade Combat Team, 101st Airborne Division, Air Assault. Ooh, wow. What were your previous adventures in Iraq like? Throughout my career, I've deployed to Iraq, and that's, that's almost been uh, something that's characterized my time in um, my 19 years in the Army. And my first deployment was in 2003 with the 3rd Infantry Division, and uh, we were in Baghdad, and I deployed again uh, in 2005 to Samara with the 3rd Infantry Division, and then deployed again with the 82nd, uh, 2nd Brigade of the 82nd uh, to Ambar as a part of uh, Operation New Dawn. And so this, this was my fourth deployment uh, to Iraq, and um, it, it has been uh, really amazing to see the transformation of the country over the, the last decade. What did you think was going to happen with this particular type of deployment? Well, I would say that, uh, you know, none of our um, forces, none of the U.S. forces, the coalition is on the front line. We are, um, we are, uh, supporting and enabling our Iraqi counterparts to uh, take the fight to ISIS. And I would say that the, the thing that I have seen change the most um, through 
each of these deployments was the extent to which our Iraqi partners are carrying the load now in Iraq, and this is their fight. They are committed to winning, committed to uh, defeating ISIS. Uh, they um, show that commitment every day through their efforts um, uh, on the battlefield. And I saw that commitment firsthand through my partner. Um, he, his uh, personal sense of ownership in taking his country back from ISIS was palpable every day as uh, he planned, executed operations. Um, he was on the front lines and uh, I would, I would uh, routinely get reports of uh, his personal efforts to uh, compel his forces forward, and this was in the fight in Fallujah. Um, but he, I think he demonstrated uh, the, the level of commitment really of the entire uh, Iraqi uh, security forces. If you were asked to prepare for this mission prior to, advise, assist, protect, before you got there, what did you think that meant? You know, sir, that's a good question. And we had uh, conducted a, what I thought, very thorough train-up prior to uh, getting into theater. Um, in fact, I would describe it in retrospect as uh, um, almost as good of a train-up as the Army can give you based off the time that any unit has to prepare for a deployment. And the Blue Spaders, 1st Battalion, 26th Infantry Regiment, we activated one year prior to the deployment. And then we had one year to prepare ourselves to uh, uh, deploy um, in support of uh, Operation Inherent Resolve as a part of the 2nd Brigade Combat Team. As a part of that train up, we got to go to two different JRTC uh, rotations, Joint Readiness Training Center rotations, where we got to practice the skills we would use um, in Iraq. Important to that, I think, is one of those rotations was uh, focused on uh, what we call decisive action um, in unified land operations. And that really prepared us for the type of fight that our Iraqi partners would be in. And so we became, what I would say, um, experts at helping our Iraqi partners understand how, con how to conduct combined arms maneuver um, in, in, in their country. Um, we then were able to uh, transition to a Security Force Assistance Academy and uh, put to use some of our skills as uh, the skills we would need to be advisors in, in practice and training. And so it gave us the full breadth of, I think, um, tools that we needed to be uh, successful advisors once we uh, got into Iraq. After you get through advising and you find yourself there face to face, where does the assist part come in? Hands-on? The uh, very hands-on. And uh, the advise and assist mission um, across the BCT was a very up close and personal mission with our Iraqi partners. We uh, personally, uh, and our battalion's advise and assist team, I was the lead advisor for the Baghdad Operations Command. Um, we were embedded with our partners. And so every day we would, uh, uh, go to work at their headquarters and we, we maintained a joint uh, um, operation cell with, with our partners and uh, I was meeting um, every day with my Iraqi partner in his headquarters. Uh, we maintained a 24-hour presence in the headquarters so that we could help track operations with them and I think that gave uh, that kind of persistent presence was what was absolutely required in order to help enable our partners to be successful against ISIS. Does that lead you right into the third part of that uh, mission, 
protect? It absolutely does, sir, because you can't conduct the advise and assist uh, mission without the ability to protect our force. And uh, there's absolutely some risk that we have to uh, incur in order to be uh, with our partners, to have that persistent presence. And so that, that we mitigate that through uh, that protection aspect. And the Blue Spaders had soldiers uh, really throughout the country uh, conducting security force missions in order to protect our advising teams and, and our other uh, coalition partners. Um, uh, we, were, we, we had uh, security force teams up at uh, Giara West, uh, the, the base there, at Taji, um, at Union 3. And so we were, we were really uh, throughout the country providing that security force mission. My final thought is that I, I'm, I was so proud to get to be a part of this mission and be a part of this team that uh, had what I think was a really important impact on the future of Iraq and uh, um, the defeat of ISIS. It, having been here, having been to Iraq three previous times and having seen that country go back and forth and have uh, uh, sometimes success, and of course, having some failures as uh, ISIS was able to retake large parts of the country um, after I left in 2000, uh, 2010 and 11. Um, to come back and get to see the commitment of uh, uh, my Iraqi partners um, in the, the, the fight to not only defeat ISIS, but then to really retake their country was uh, something that I, I am just uh, was really proud to get to be a part of. And it gives me hope for the future of Iraq. This is U.S. Army. Closer look. I think the job is pretty awesome. Innovating. Insight. Soldiers. Soldiers. Mission. Closer look. Closer look. Those who were there. Uh, and what we need to make sure is we have the most capable Army to deliver specific effects on a battlefield relative to U.S. national security interests. Those experiences. Those strategies. Closer look. Closer look. Army Media. 